0: You leaving to take care of yourself, to fulfill your dreams, and to have some fun, creates a version of you that is stronger, that is more prepared, that is happier, that is more inspired and that is more courageous. That version of you has the same education, it has the same years of experience, it has the same network, but it's you as a bigger, bolder, better version of yourself.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm on a mission to change the way that we think about anxiety. Oftentimes, it can feel like anxiety can get in the way of our ambitions, and I'm here to tell a different story. In each episode, we'll explore how we can manage our anxiety, heal our nervous system, and conquer our fears so we can shine as our most authentic self, go after our biggest dreams, and achieve our greatest ambitions. You'll hear stories from people who have been there themselves and strategies from experts who can help you thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to Anxious and Ambitious. I'm your host, Nicole, and today we are diving deep into how to take a career break in a way that will propel your career instead of destroying your career. And I have a very special guest that I'm so excited to introduce to you all, Katrina McGee. Katrina is a renowned expert in career breaks and the author of the highly anticipated book, Taking a Career Break for Dummies. With her wealth of knowledge and experience, Katrina helps mid-career professionals to design transformative life breaks that really lead to happiness, growth, and lasting change. Not only is she a certified master coach, but she's also an authority in the field of career breaks and sabbaticals. And her passion for empowering individuals to create happier and more fulfilling lives has led her to develop the Break Blueprint, which is a guiding framework that enables her clients to create life-changing career breaks. Katrina has also had her own successful career break, which we dive into some details of throughout this conversation. And this really served for the foundation of her work. And since then, she's helped dozens of clients to rejuvenate their lives by traveling the world, launching businesses, changing careers, and really just taking back ownership of their life and career. She's also an avid world traveler, so for all of you who are interested in in traveling more or maybe being a digital nomad, she has lots to share around that, and her expertise on career breaks and travel has been featured in many different prestigious outlets, including Forbes, Smarter Travel, Thrive Global, and Yahoo. So Katrina is really all around, just an amazing human. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the anxious and ambitious podcast Katrina. I am so excited to have you here with me today. Oh my gosh,
0: Nicole. I'm so excited to be here. I'm, I've been looking forward to this all day.
1: Me too. Honestly, this has been a conversation that has been on my mind for a little while now. And it even came up with a friend the other day who was talking about how she wants to, you know, travel and see the world, but she doesn't want to ruin her career. And I think that this is such a common, common goal of people who are ambitious. You know, we want to see the world and we want to do all these big things. And yet we don't want to sacrifice our career amongst all of that. So what I find so unique about what you do is you really frame career breaks as a positive for your career and something that can propel you forwards, not something that's going to like take away from it or hold you back. And so to start, I'd love if you can share with us just your reframe on what a career break is and how it can be something powerful in your career.
0: Yeah. Oh, you just dive into the good, juicy stuff, Nicole. I love it. Um, so simply put, I like to say career breaks can lead to career progression, not career regression. And I think the default is to think if I take if I take a step back or I take time away, it's going to put me further behind. It's going to make me rusty. It's going to cost a lot of money. I don't know that there's going to be a value in it. And the way that I see and view career breaks comes from my own experience, right, of having taken one and returning from 20 months off traveling the world to land five job offers in five weeks when I actually had my resume together. And I was just blown away at how when I framed it very positively, how I was able to kind of just reintegrate to corporate America like I'd never left, but also seeing it from my clients. You know, I've I've shepherded more than 60 people through career breaks and sabbaticals and they all come out of it re-energized, inspired, well-rested and excited, right? I think there's so much power to showing up to our lives full of excitement. And I think in our jobs, a lot of times when we're running on that hamster wheel and we're grinding it out, whether it's for ourselves and our business or it's for a company, you know, we, we forget how amazing life can be. And we're just like half in, half out, like exhausted, but we feel like we have to keep running. And there's something very powerful about taking a pause to not only re-energize ourselves, but to reconnect to joy and excitement and to come back to our jobs, feeling sturdy, steady, grounded, and excited to contribute and excited to innovate and excited to participate in whatever is going on. And so, you know, a hundred percent to exactly how you said it, you said it so well, I have really come to see that taking time for yourself prioritizing your well-being and investing, right? A break is an investment in yourself, in your future self, and in your own well-being. It yields benefits that are so immense. And we think we can't step off the hamster wheel, but actually taking a break to get off and then if we want to get back on, it makes us a much faster runner and a much happier runner. (laughs)
1: Yes. I love that. A faster. And I think that piece there is really important. A happier runner, right? We oftentimes just keep ourselves on this hamster wheel because we think it's what we need to do. But if you're not happy, you're probably not even reaching your full potential in your career anyways. So like, this is such a beautiful reframe that you've made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, using the hamster wheel analogy, just a little bit further, some people don't want to go back on the hamster wheel. Like some people realize I was running at an unsustainable pace. And now that I've seen more of the world and understand more about myself, I want something different. I want to be on like a slow jogging treadmill, right? And it's like, I still want to like, I still want to get my body moving, but I don't want to be running at that pace anymore. And it's just this, it can change your whole relationship to time and balance and, you know, to self-care in a way that you probably can't even imagine when you're really exhausted and burned out and just doing everything you can to keep going.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. And I want to dive more into how we can actually leverage these career breaks. But first I want to hear a bit more about your experience because I know that's really what led you into this work and helping other people with their career breaks. So I'd love to hear, you know, like, especially what feelings came up when you first took your original career break. I can imagine there was a lot of like
0: anxiety and fear and probably a bunch of swirling emotions. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to give you snapshots of three very specific points in that journey because I think the feelings there were really different. So let's do snapshot A is the moment I realize I want to take a break. I'm sitting on my life coach's couch in in her home office, 2011, and this voice inside of me that was trying to find – like I'm trying to find this new career and just be happy. And all of a sudden, this voice inside of me was just like, you don't want another job. You want a break. And I was like (gasps) – what do, I, what do I do with that? And it was the feelings of really owning it in that moment and just knowing it, it was equally terrifying. Like it was like someone said, go build, like go build a statue of Zeus or something. I was like, I don't even know where to begin. You know, it was just this overwhelming, like terrified feeling mixed with this, like just, beaming ray of excitement like I literally could have like burned probably a hole through her wall with like the heat of my joy and excitement for like what could life be like if I could take a break right it was this this mix of what we would call scared sighted I was so excited and so scared at the same time. And I just want to offer that I didn't know it was possible in that moment. It was just something I knew to be true from a feeling state, but I had no idea how I was going to make it happen. I had like $1,500 in my bank account. I was maybe a year into a whole new career after accumulating tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt for my business school degree, so my MBA. So I didn't know it was possible, but it was like scared-sighted. So flash forward to... You know, right before I'm taking my break, I've given notice, I've saved $40,000 in 18 months. And I am like, it is happening. And that was just this supercharged moment of like, I did this. I had a dream And like, Instagram was not a thing back then. Like TikTok did not exist back then. You know, even like Uber, I don't, if Uber was around, like it wasn't around when I was traveling the world, like it was so, it was such a big, hard, scary thing to do. And there were not a lot of examples. And so for me to be standing in 2013 at this moment, like 10 years ago, being like, oh my God, I did this. I saved the money. I quit. I'm quitting my job. They already know I'm out. Like I'm here at this moment the world is my oyster. It was just this unbridled excitement and like so much gratitude for for myself and, you know, for life that had allowed this opportunity to happen. And then snapshot to the day my break started. And what had happened between that last snapshot and the one where my break started, which was only like maybe a week or two, you know, between is that my younger brother unexpectedly passed away. And it was unforeseen. It was – catastrophic. He's my favorite human. And I was, I was not at all expecting that. And so I'm standing at the precipice of this thing that I have been working on and dreaming about for two years, saving money for like everything I ever wanted in one hand and then everything I didn't want in the other. And I had to hold the reality of these two things existing at the same exact moment in time. And it was this mix of, you know, like grief and sadness and loss, but also sort of in the embers of all of that, this little fire of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And what I remember feeling was so grateful. I felt grateful that I didn't even know I needed this break two years before for this very reason, but I was standing at the worst moment of my life with $40,000 in my bank account, a job that I didn't have to worry about leaving because they already knew I was gonna leave and I left on amazing terms with them. And this plan for like what I could do, right? I'd already thought it through, I'd already made the plan. So if I still wanna do it, I've already thought it out from a non-grief stricken place. So I was incredibly grateful that I had this break waiting ahead of me, this time to grieve, this time to process, this time to heal. But also I was grateful that I was a human being that was choosing to live the life I had for however long I had it. And so I was really glad that, you know, if he wasn't going to be here, it was like I wasn't going to need his death to like be the wake up call for me to go live. Like I was very proud and grateful to myself for being a person that wanted to live, that like was doing everything I could, even if it wasn't as fast as I wanted it to be, to like live the best life that I could and to be true to myself. Wow. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Like that brings
1: tears to my eyes and goosebumps to my whole body all at the same time. Like the fact that you had this opportunity to be able to, like you said, actually grieve and heal during that time. It was such a gift. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people could have ended up making that, leave them in a slump and kind of not really utilize their break all the way too.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely. You know, that's actually, um, I think that underscores the point about prioritizing, you know, yourself and your needs. And that's what the break stands for. But, you know, I'll be honest, I rolled into that break and my mom was like, I mean, my mom was like devastated, right? That's her baby. That's like her, you know, like her dude and he's not here anymore. And to lose a child as a parent is just so unnatural. And she's like, okay, well, at least the silver lining is you've already quit your job. You have all this time off. You have all this money. You can come be here with me and we can grieve together. And I really had to do a lot of soul searching in that moment to figure out what was true for me because what I felt in my heart is that if I just went home and I gave up on this break and just went home to grieve, that I would get lost in her grief and mine, that I wasn't strong enough to carry both of our levels of grief, right? And that I had to process my own before I could share hers. And I decided to go on my break. I did a road trip for three months with my then partner um, before I came home for several months to be with her because that's what I needed. And it was really hard for her. And she was really upset with my decision. I don't think she understood it at that time, but ultimately, right, she eventually – came to realize why I had done it. And it made everything, you know, I think better for us. And like, it was what I needed to be stronger so that I could be there for her. But to your point, I think for some people, you know, you might default to like, okay, well, I had this dream and apparently like now it's over. Right. And it's like, it's all a waste. Like it didn't turn out the way I wanted or it wasn't what I envisioned and how I expected. So like this sucks. And like now it's just a waste. Yeah. But that really shows how you took that
1: time to, I mean, Sometimes they say, right, being selfish is the most selfless thing that you can do. And you actually took that time for yourself that you needed, which I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have been brave enough to do. And I'm sure it actually, even though didn't, you know, your mom didn't maybe see it at the time, I'm sure it actually served her and your grief journey in the long run as well.
0: Both of you guys having that time to, to process. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. and I showed up as a better, like a better human. I mean, I literally I know I would have sunk into a depression that would have taken. Um, a lot of therapy to come out of if I had gone home, right? Because he also lived at home. So it was like going to the place where we grew up, like where he was when he passed away, carrying her grief, my dad's grief, my grief, like all the things it would have just, it would have been too heavy for me at that time. And I just knew I had to honor what I needed. But first, you know, I had to check in with myself and say, well, what do I need right now? But when I remove everybody else's needs and everybody else's expectations, what was true is that I wanted a modified version of my break to still happen. And this is something I have to encourage my clients to do is to put themselves first. I think that's what a break is. is It's this moment where you're like enough of everyone else coming first. Like this is about me. This is an exploration of me. This is giving and pouring into myself. This is nourishing myself. This is fulfilling my own dreams. And, you know, like sometimes life hands you some really messed up lemons (laughs) and you're like, well, how am I going to work with this? But, you know, but you do, you show up and you do.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think this really highlights how a break can not only help you with your career or, you know, finding your pathway in your career, but it can also be an opportunity for healing. And I mean, grief is one aspect and as well as, you know, mental health, maybe you're just
0: feeling burnt out from your job. Do you have a lot of clients who come to you feeling like that? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I would say probably, you know, 85 to 90% of my clients are dealing with some type of burnout or health related stress issue. And so that's so normal, right? I think again, when we're on the hamster wheel running these unnatural paces for these sustained periods of time, you know, there's this moment where our body and or our minds and our spirits are just like no more shutting down now. And so that is actually why, you know, when I work with clients, we develop four themes for their break. And 95% of the time, the first theme is rest, recovery, recharge, something around this sort of like bringing my whole self back online to recover from that burnout and start the healing process, you know, and I also have clients that have health like physical health issues that they're recovering from. And that is a big impetus for them taking a break. So it's very, very normal. Even if you have dreams and aspirations and want to travel, there's still probably some element of like slowing down before you speed back up that will happen to have that on your break.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. And I'm sort of thinking like a lot of people listening might be thinking, okay, this all sounds great and I can see how it could be healing and propel you forward, but it still makes me feel really anxious thinking about taking a break <laughs> and maybe like ruining your career or even just losing that momentum, right? A lot of people think that, oh, if I actually stop running on the hamster wheel, then how am I ever going to be able to get back on it? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, <Absolutely>. how- <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, like, how would you address some of those anxieties?
0: Yeah. So, It's so funny what the brain does. You are absolutely right. That is actually a thing that many clients have said to me before is like, well, I'm scared. I can't get back on. And I'm like, do you realize the world is just a field of hamster wheels? Like if you hop off, they're going to be like, hey, whenever you want to come back, we can just get you right back on a hamster wheel right where you left off. You know, they always need people. So this is what I tell people, right? You leaving to take care of yourself, to fulfill your dreams and to have some fun creates a version of you that is stronger, that is more prepared, that is happier, that is more inspired, and that is more courageous. That version of you has the same education, it has the same years of experience, it has the same network, but it's you as a bigger, bolder, better version of yourself. That version of you will come back and find jobs. You will be the most interesting person in the room when you're interviewing for a job. People will want to know about what you did and why you did it. And when they go away to discuss, right, you have the same credentials as everyone else, but you are the interesting person that brings a new perspective that also can say in all authenticity and alignment, like, Hey, listen, I'm a person that has really strong values and beliefs. I believe in your company. I believe in what you're doing. I believe so strongly in myself that I did this thing. And now I want to bring all this goodness to you. And I want to serve your business to make it better. Right? Like that's really compelling. And so I think remembering that there can be this better version of us to emerge. It's like. Do you want to be the same version of you or do you want to be a version that has more of the life that you want? And if you want more, you have to be willing to do more, right? You have to be uncomfortable sometimes. That's that's That doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. In fact, a lot of times that place of discomfort when there's a meaning, an attachment to like some meaning and purpose involved is like the path to growth so that we can be the person that has the things that we want to have or the experiences we want to have. Mm, I love that idea of like stepping into being more of who you
1: are. You know, we often, like I was saying, think about, oh my gosh, it's going to take away from, well, you know, why were you off all this time? And how am I going to describe that? But when you can reframe that to step into being who you are so powerfully, I can see how that would actually help you, if anything, stand out in the job market. (laughs) And so to people who might still be a little like cynical about this, are there any other ways that you would say that having a career break can help you actually stand out to future
0: job prospects? Yeah, absolutely. You know, people do upskill during a break. So sometimes if they want to change or get promoted, they'll take some time towards the end of their break to do courses. Um, I have a client who actually did a clean clean energy fellowship. And so he was awarded this three month fellowship. He got to travel for it, and it was really fantastic, right? And that ended up catapulting him into um sort of an adjacent path on his career that he was already on. But, you know, there's a bunch of fellowships that you could look into. Again, courses, you know, networking, things like that that to upskill and become more aware, but it's such an amazing journey. And I think, um, if you, if you don't accept (laughs) that there could be a better version of you, right. And you don't sort of like really acknowledge that you're just missing out. You're like shortchanging yourself. Um, you can design your break to be anything you want, and if upskilling or becoming, you know, more proficient in something is part of what you want for yourself, then you can absolutely, you know, add that on towards the end of your break and come back even stronger and even more well-informed, um, even more in touch with your industry. But So much of it ultimately comes down to how you feel about this experience. And when I was coming back to look for jobs, I told, I think I said I landed five job offers in five weeks. I don't it was like this mind-blowing experience to do that. But I had a recruiter. I had two recruiters. One recruiter was like, Okay, cool. I'll, I'll like send you some jobs. The other recruiter was like, Let me just tell you it was a woman. And she was like, Let me just tell you, sweetie. Um, she was an older woman. She was like, People are going to view this as a red flag, and I just I just want to tell you so that you're prepared. You're probably going to have to take um, a demotion and a definitely a pay decrease. But don't worry; over time, you can make that up. You know, but I just want you to be prepared. You're probably going to have to sell for something less than because this is going to be a red flag. And this was probably 2015. You know, at that time. I didn't accept her reality. I just refused to believe that because I knew I was a better, stronger, happier, more inspired, more fulfilled version of myself. And there's no way that version of me settles for less than. And so I showed up for every interview. I like didn't work with her. And I showed up for any every interview, like ask me about my break, ask me. And they did. 50% of my interview questions were about my break. What was your favorite place? Were you scared? How did you do it? How did you save them? I mean, like they were just so fascinated. And I was like, yeah, let me tell you all about it. I put it on my cover letter. Right. And of those five job offers in five weeks, one was for like a 30% raise and a promotion. One was for a dream job in Boulder, Colorado that I ended up taking. Another one was for a career change. Like it was just, it was so amazing. And it just, it really reminds me that it comes down to how you believe, right? Like what you believe and how much you believe in yourself. And I think how you decide to frame your break and feel about it will determine how other people feel about it as well.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That just goes to show the power of perspective because I mean, that lady explaining that it might be a red flag. I'm sure this is what a lot of people are maybe assuming and it might be holding them back from it, but that just goes to show like how you actually taking a different perspective can reframe the whole, whole situation. And this actually reminds me of a little bit, something similar because recently, or I guess two years ago, on this last Saturday, I left my nine to five job to go into entrepreneurship and work with life with passion. And I was getting a lot of people actually saying to me, like, that's going to look like a red flag that you left, go do this thing. And, you know, you should maybe, you know, have a backup plan. Don't leave, just, you know, take a leave of absence or things like that because you might destroy your career. Yeah. And so it's just interesting how we have these like such strong beliefs, but then you're so right in that there's tons of people out there who are looking for talent and really they're looking for somebody who can believe in themselves and be their whole self at that job. Obviously they'd rather have that person than somebody who's just, you know, showing up halfway because secretly they're dreaming of the travels they wish they could do. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you've contributed so much, right, to this business, to Life of Passion, and it wouldn't be anything close to what it is without you. Like, you are part of the magic, and how... How much impact, you know, for everyone would be gone, would disappear if you hadn't had the courage to do it. I just, I just feel like there's this idea to your point about, you know, avoid the red flags and like play it safe. It's like, I want to get across the canyon to the other side, but I also don't want to let go of this side until I know for sure that I'm safely on the other side. And it's like, that does not work. That does not exist. You can't straddle the canyon you're either on one side or you're on the other side. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. even with, you know, sometimes when I used to do coaching around career changes, it was like, I would, I would have clients that were like, I really want to change my job and be happy. But I also, I need to make this much money. I need to have the same, I need it to be a lateral move. I need people to respect me. I don't want to do anything that makes it look bad. And it's like, all the fear-based decisions to your point about, you know, Do you want to make a life that is just about you avoiding red flags? Is that the life that you want? Or do you want a life that is about you chasing down and ruthlessly claiming all the green flags that you can (laughs) for yourself? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the idea of straddling the canyon, it's so funny because it's so true though. And the the further I feel like you climb up in your career and the more money you end up making, the harder it ends up becoming to take a leap, to make a change, to take a break and travel and things like that. And so what would you say to, you know, I'm actually thinking of someone who I was speaking with recently about, you know, she's saying how she wants to travel, but she has this great career ahead of her and the promotion that could come up and things like that. So what would you say, you know, if that person came to you as a client and wanted to take a break, what would be your first kind of steps?
0: Yeah. So our first steps would be to determine her purpose, to articulate and determine the purpose and her four themes. I think laying out, you know, I believe laying out a roadmap for what you need from this experience and what success looks like is very helpful to ground people in the vision so that it's not just this exciting, but kind of weird and scary idea, but it's like, oh, wow, these are the things I would need to get out of it. And this is what it would be focused on. And I think that helps them also understand what's at risk If they didn't take a break, it's like, oh yeah, that recharging, that self-care, that adventure, that learning, that upskilling, whatever it is for them. It's like, I wouldn't get those things if I didn't take a break. So I think, you know, the purpose and the themes are the best place to start. And then also really examining those fears. I can't tell you how many clients have said, I had no idea this was possible at the end of their break when they come back and find work when they come back and find a better job, when they redesign their life and have more balance, when they start a business, right? It's just, we think that the only thing in the world that can happen are the things that our mind can currently imagine, but our mind can only imagine what it's seen. Mm -hmm. And what's waiting for you on the other side of a break is so freaking fantastic, but it's so much bigger than the life you've lived before. Your brain can't see it, right? So like we have to work with our fears to know, okay, yeah, my brain can't imagine how it gets better, but it can get so much better. It can get, it will get so much better if you thoughtfully design your break. And I think that is the piece of encouragement that I try to give all of my clients so that they honor the dream that they have and they take a, m- a minute to pause and really design a break to fulfill their needs.
1: Mm, yeah, I think that's such an important piece is that focus on the dream because that's gonna help you build that faith in the other side of things, right? Like, well, I'm seeing all the benefits of it and not as much focusing on all these red flags that maybe were being, you know, waved at me before. (laughs) Um, And I think this also goes to show the importance of, you know, talking with people who have done the thing that you want to do, like yourself, as opposed to just, you know, maybe talking with like your parents or like your boss or someone else in your career. I mean, of course, those are going to be the people who are going to raise those red flags for you and probably hold you back.
0: It's like that saying, right? If you want to go somewhere and do something, don't ask, you know, don't ask the people that haven't walked that path. Like if you don't want their life, then like, why are you letting them determine what path you take? Like they're showing you what's waiting for you. Like they're giving you their advice that they've used to live their own life. And if you love it, great. Follow that advice. But if you're like, I don't actually want what they have, or they don't actually seem that happy to me. Why would you follow that advice? It's going to lead you to the same kind of place. Yeah. You may as well, you know, follow another
1: piece of advice and actually start pursuing your dreams. I think so many of us, we just give up on it and travel is such a common dream. I hear so many people being like, I wish I could travel and my job only gives me two weeks of vacation, et cetera, et cetera. Or even, you know, maybe they want to travel, but they are afraid that they don't have someone to go with them. And I know you've done a lot of solo travel. So I want to dive into that a little bit. What was your experience like traveling alone as a woman? Because I'm sure this could stir up some yeah. some fears.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many fears. So um, context, I was I believe I was about 32 when I started my career break, but I had not traveled abroad um, until I was almost 30. And I at the point where I took my break, I had taken one weekend trip abroad by myself. I had traveled abroad a couple of times, but it was through like business school stuff with groups or a couple of people and things like that. I'd never traveled abroad solo except for one short weekend trip. So this was not something I felt very familiar with nor an expert at. Um, It was terrifying, right, to think about, but it was also exhilarating. And what I learned through that experience is that the world is a much kinder and much more loving place than I thought it was because the messaging I had received as a woman, as a single woman, was like, you know, be afraid, like you've got to, you know, like, I mean, we're all, as a woman in the US, I'm always aware of my surroundings and I'm always being cautious, right? Because sadly, that is, that is the way that it is right now. When I traveled, I actually felt more free than I feel here, which, you know, I don't know if that's the same for everyone, but I really started to witness the goodness of people because in other countries, I think they're much more engaged and much more involved and open and invested in in tourists, or at least in my experience was that they were interested in tourists. And so they want to know about me. They want to know where I'm from or they want to help me. And I had so many people, you know, stop me and ask me questions. If I looked lost, they would try to get me where I was going. I had some... Um, two really awesome women that I didn't know that I met on a bus that were Vietnamese. I met on a bus in Vietnam, heading from Dalat to um, Ho Chi Minh, and they bought me lunch and like wanted to practice their English with me and like they paid for my you know my meal and they were just so gracious. And it was like everywhere I went, people were being really kind to me. Generally speaking, like the average was much kinder than I had anticipated. And I think I started my trip with a lot of fear. I carried like a rape whistle and a door jam, because that was what I saw in some like travel blog about being a solo woman traveler. And I remember halfway through my trip, I I can't remember exactly where I was. I might've been in Italy. I remember halfway through my trip, I was just like, looking at this backpack every day with this rape whistle and this door jam just makes me think about, don't get raped, don't get mugged don't get your stuff taken. Like don't have someone break in and try to murder you in your sleep. And it was like these reminders of what like awful things could happen to me. And I remember making this like call where I was just like, I can't travel with this stuff anymore. Like there's definitely a chance I could need it, but I haven't needed it this far. And I just felt like it brought this really negative energy into my experience. And I remember thinking like, that's not the reality I want to live in. Like I want to be cautious. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to ask people, Um, you know, like. Hostile hotel owners, like what areas can I walk in? Like, I'm not going to be dumb, but I don't want to live in a world where I'm constantly afraid of being harmed. And I left those things in the hotel room and I traveled the rest of my break without them. And I just felt so much lighter the moment I walked out and left those things behind. And I think that was sort of maybe... A metaphor for that experience was leaving really limiting beliefs behind through that experience and choosing to be more collaborative in creating the world and experience I wanted to live in and that I wanted to, you know, experience as as, as this new me. And um, since then, you know, I've stopped counting exactly, but I'm over 40. I think I'm around 40 countries in the last 12 years. And You know, I just, I really love, I really love travel. There are seasons where I travel a lot and seasons where I'm moving a lot slower, but I just, I really love what travel can do. And one of the things it did for me was it just opened my eyes to how good the world can actually be and, you know, thoughtfully co creating my experience with the universe (laughs) instead of like coming from a place of fear. And also just being overprepared That's the other thing I want to say. Like everybody wants to make it this really hard, stressful thing. Like, what do I pack? Do I have a converter? I don't know what to do. Like, what's my currency? Where am I going to get? And it's like, they want to worry about all the details. That can be, that can be like, it can be helpful to plan, but it can also be overwhelming. And so I think travel can teach you I can show you how resourceful you are and how you can figure things out. And you can buy a converter at the local like stand around the corner from your hotel for like three, you know, like $3 instead of buying the $20 one at Target before you go. But it's like (laughs) these things you learn, you know, through experience. So I just feel like in so many ways it taught me a lot of things. But number one, I'm capable and I can totally travel as a single female. Mm, I
1: love that. You're capable and you've shown it. I mean, 40 countries over 12 years. That's amazing. That's so exciting. And I love that metaphor of you like leaving the whistle and the door jam behind. It kind of reminds me of you even t- explaining how you didn't work with that one Um recruiter who is like waving all the red flags, right? You're choosing your own perspective and to create your own story. And it's so true. We're all creators of our reality. So if you tell yourself, Oh my gosh, it's too scary. I'm not going to be able to do that. I have to plan out all of these things. Then it's just going to probably end up holding you back. Um, so I love that reframe, like we're capable standing in that confidence and just letting go of some of those limiting beliefs.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the thing of life, Nicole. And I know, you know, this because you've done some really amazing things, but it all starts with our belief. And, um, we are, we are co-creating our reality and I'm just, I'm a careful co-creator, right? I really, I want what I want and I'm like here to show up for it. Even if I have to fail a lot before I get there. That's awesome. And just for fun, because
1: I'm so curious about travel as well. What was some of your favorite places that you traveled to?
0: Ooh, okay. So I will just I'll just tell you all. Um, I love Vietnam. Vietnam was a was like a sleeper hit for me. I almost didn't go because I was like, I heard a lot of like negative things about it. And again, you know, like I was really worried being a solo female traveler going to Vietnam, but I leaned into my intuition, which honestly is largely informed by my desire to eat a lot of really great food. And I was like, I have to go there. I'm out here in Southeast Asia. I have to go. And I went and it was. Epic. The landscape, the people, it was super affordable. You know, there were beaches, there were mountains, there were like the rice fields, there was um, you know, like these quaint little like mountain towns, there was the big city. It just had everything. Um, and the food was incredible. So I spent almost a month there and it was awesome. Um, I also really love Buenos Aires. I had the best time there. I rented an Airbnb sight unseen with no reviews. It was a brand new. It was a brand new unit and it was a great deal in like the really like fun expatty touristy part of town that felt very safe. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. It was like $500 for the month. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And it was so amazing. I became friends with my uh, Airbnb owner and his girlfriend. They like invited us out for like birthday dinner. It was really fun. But I love Buenos Aires so much. It was incredible. I've since learned that in the world of astro cartography where they overlay like where you were born with the time and day you were born. And it shows like certain places that are like really energetically attuned to you. That Buenos Aires is actually one of my places. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. Cause I just love it there. Um, but that was awesome. And then I would say on that trip for those 20 months, my other sort of like magical place was Avignon in Provence in France. And again, food plays heavily on that decision to rank it so high, but Oh my gosh, I had the most amazing food, the architecture, the weather. It's this historic, like, walled, like, fortress little, like, town, and it was sunny, and it was just so freaking cute. I read Peter Males' A Year in Provence, and he describes his amazing sort of, like, small village experience in Provence and all of the food that he ate. He, like, documents all this food, and I remember thinking, I'm going to go there someday, and I went there, and it was everything that I had hoped it would be. Ooh,
1: I love that food is like one of your guiding things throughout all of this. Totally is. My intuition, you said.
0: I love that. Yeah, (laughs) it's totally true though. I will go a whole entire country just to go eat. It's like,
1: it's, it's a thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's some places that I want to go back to just for restaurants that they have there. So I can Uh definitely relate there, Um, but that's awesome. Those are definitely some places that are, I mean, I've heard of, of course, but they're not necessarily on the top of like the must travel here, bucket list places. So, Ooh, I'm going to look into some of those. Yes. Now I want to bring things back to career breaks a little bit here, because I know that, you know, when you took your career break it was successful, but a lot of people take career breaks and it's maybe not as successful or they don't get out of it what they want, or maybe they come back in and they don't exactly know how to navigate that transition. And so I'd love if you could speak to just like the importance of planning it and how maybe to start planning, if it's something
0: that they're thinking of. Yeah, such a great question, you know, and I think I'm going to underscore this point I'm about to make with numbers, right? So I, again, I have coached, I believe I'm at 63 career breakers. I've had more clients, but of the people that have like prepared and either are on a break now or have taken a break, we're around 63. Zero of them regret their decision. Some of them found me during their break. So they didn't do the planning before they did the planning during. But everyone that has worked with me has spent time doing what I'm about to share with you as far as setting up a plan. And again, zero regrets, right? Mm -hmm. So, number one, being really clear on what success means to you. Now, if you can plan this before your break, like I did, this is going to make your break so much better. What do you need to get out of it to feel that it was worthwhile? And I don't mean like a surface level, you know, I want to have a lot of fun and then I want to find a dream job that, like, whatever. Like, those are like, superficial on the surface. I mean, those are important, right? But they're on the surface. Like, what do you need? I want to feel excited about life again. I want to feel like I've taken exquisite care of myself. I want to rebuild connection with the people I love that I feel like I've lost touch with, right? Like really deep, like impactful things that you want to get from this experience. Once you know that, you can then decide through that lens – what am I going to invest my time, energy, and money into? Right, these are like your wish list items. What are the things I'm doing? Because sometimes we get distracted. We think, okay, like that person's break looks really great on Instagram. Those places look gorgeous. I got to go to Bali. I got to go to Shang Mai, right? Like they're hitting all the spots that someone else has discovered, or trying to have the career break or the sabbatical that somebody else had, or that they think somebody else had. If it's not aligned to your needs, it's not going to feel the way that you want it to feel. It's not going to create this higher, sort of even more inspired, excited, energized version of you, right? So you might have a lot of fun, but you're not going to get what you need from it. So planning, number one, what do I need? What does success look like? Predetermining that. And number two is building in time for a re-entry. So making sure that when you're running through your numbers and the finances of it all, that if you're taking a one-year break, you're not coming in hot on month 12 being like, I just had an epic experience. I'm a completely different human. And I now have two weeks to find a job or else I'm going to freak out and be broke, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is not a recipe for a successful transition. You want to proactively decide how much time do I want to set aside for a reentry period, right? So maybe your break lasts six months. I love to do like a one for six rule. So for every week that, You know, you're going to be on a break for every six weeks of a break, one week dedicated to a reentry period. So six months is 24 weeks roughly. So you would have about four weeks or more towards a reentry. So you could have a six-month break and then like a one-month reentry period after that. Time to do your resume, time to network, time to think about these things. Again, you can make it longer, but that sort of as a bare minimum Creating space and time means that when you're sitting on a beach somewhere having the best cocktail and the best view and your brain comes in and it's like, what are you going to do once this break is over? You're going to fail. We're going to be broke and it's going to be all your fault. You can be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Brain, I see what you're doing. You're trying to keep me safe. Listen, I have set aside time in October. It's called a reentry period. That's when I'm going to freak out and lose my mind and try to answer all these really hard questions. But right now I'm on a beach, so please just like chill and let me do my thing, right? So it gives you a time to like worry. And then when you get there, you have time and money. It's not like you're arriving there like I have two weeks to find a job you're like, oh, I have a few months, like I know the drill, I'm going to start networking, I'm going to start searching. And, you know, my clients have typically landed their jobs within two months uh, with, I think a lot, like about half of them, it's been one month or less, but somewhere around 90% have been two months or less um, for the ones that decide to go back into corporate. It's really incredible, right? So again, that re-entry period and thoughtfully leaving space and time to figure out what comes next and then to take action to make that happen can be very powerful when it comes to planning for a break. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because then when you have those intentions
1: too, you actually know that you're going to get what you want out of it at the end. And I like that idea of pre-planning the transition period, because that is definitely something that would come up for me. I know if I was in that situation, like, okay, but we have to have all this figured out though. Like, I can't sit here and relax. And you want to enjoy your break. That's the whole point that you're spending the time (laughs) and the money to, to have that break. So that's beautifully put.
0: Yeah. And you know, you have to process all the hard feelings. Like you just had an amazing break and did everything you wanted and you maybe traveled around the world or you wrote a book or you spent like, you know, a whole summer road tripping with your family. It's going to be hard to adjust to get back on that hamster wheel, right? If that's what you're choosing to do. And so you need to have time to process experience, rediscover who you are now, let that experience sort of like take shape to figure out what has changed for you and to really honestly have some cranky feels. I mean, I cried several times. I was kind of a B to my boyfriend for like a couple of weeks. Cause I was just like, I don't want this to be over during my reentry period. I don't want this to be over. I want to be back in Thailand eating, you know, $2 soup and like paying someone $3 to do my laundry and just walking around all day, like smiling at people and like, you know, taking in the sights. I don't want to be here doing this other stuff. So you just have to have some time to process your feelings about it too.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's genius. And I think that actually
1: goes to show even the power of, of working with someone else to help you plan all that out. Because when we get caught up in our heads, sometimes just that voice of fear drowns everything else out. So having that like beacon of light or like some sort of a bridge that can get you there. Yes. You're like, okay, I feel a little bit safer, at least knowing that I'm in, in good hands here.
0: Yeah. And it's so good to have someone see you, like really see you. Because, you know, I have clients that try to early exit their break at times where they've had a great experience, but then things get still and it's like their re-entry period is hovering, but they're not quite there yet. And they're like, I think I need to look for jobs. I feel ready. I feel excited. I feel renewed. And it's like, is that fear talking or do you really want that? You know, and it's just like having somebody else give you some perspective when you're struggling or having like really uncomfortable feelings to be like, what's true, what's real and what's fear based.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. And so I know you mentioned there a little bit, like if you want to get back on the hamster wheel, then that's one option. But I know you obviously went back to a dream job for a bit, but then you became a digital nomad, which you are now. And so I'm curious for those who maybe want to become a digital nomad, would you say that a career break is like a good transition into that?
0: Yeah, it can definitely be. So one distinction I like to make for people that want to do digital nomad stuff or live that lifestyle is that That is definitely an on type of working lifestyle. A lot of people are like, oh, I could take like a break and then like be a nomad. It's like, those are two distinct experiences they're two distinct experiences, but they can definitely dovetail. So you could have, you know, a three month break and then spend the last three months of your break. If you took a six month break, spend the last three months transitioning, right. Into getting remote work or starting a business, somehow becoming some version of a digital nomad. You could absolutely do that. But when you are a digital nomad and you are traveling the world, you're working and that can be exhausting. And you have a whole new learning curve of like, you know, what's my balance of having fun time and exploration time with like getting work done and can can I work in a cafe? Do I need a co-working space? Can I work at home? Do I need to work in a city where I can go and walk around, right? Like there's so much to learn about your new work style. So I think, you know, understanding that a break can absolutely set you up for that. It can make for a beautiful transition into digital nomad life, but also to know that they're distinct and that, you know, if you want to become a digital nomad, you're not really taking a break. If you go like travel to another country and start working, you're working. You're just doing it in a different way. But I think, you know, you'll learn a lot about yourself and your travel style, and you'll really recharge the batteries before leaping into this new, um, you know, this new way of life. And you'll also potentially build your network if you're traveling, right? You'll meet people that are doing the digital nomad thing. You'll maybe have a sense of where you'd like to start as your home base or your hub or your stop number one. So it can definitely like improve that experience. Mm, yeah.
1: And I think that's a really important distinction that you make there because I think that's something not a lot of people think about when they're maybe, Oh, I want to be a digital nomad. They yeah. might think that because they want to travel and they want to explore and they want to enjoy, but that's the truth of the matter is that if you're a digital nomad, you're still going to be working at some points during that, unless you manage to have it hundred percent passive, which is of course possible. Yeah. And, um, so if your goal really is to travel and, Restore yourself and rejuvenate, then probably a career break would be at least a good start to that nomad journey. Like an entry, like, yeah, as opposed to just like diving in and then being like, oh, now I'm nomad. I'm in this place I wanted to be, but I don't have the time to see all the things
0: that I wanted to see. Yeah, you know, and I'll even offer that, you know, our circumstances don't change our thoughts. It's it's like our thoughts are things that we choose or that we have to consciously, you know, co-create or um, you know, thoughtfully practice. And so sometimes in that digital nomad experience, we take our old self with us. So we think changing, you know, into this new circumstance will be exciting, but maybe we're still a workaholic or maybe we're still feeling like we have to push ourselves to like be valuable, be worthy. We can't lose our edge. Right. And it's just this like unnatural or unhealthy obsession with like being perceived as successful, whatever your thing may be. I think one of the beautiful things about a break is that it disrupts very abruptly Your sort of like perception of yourself. You have to reshape your identity separate of the thing that you do for money. You have to reshape your identity separate of how other people are perceiving you. And so I think it gives you this chance to really like almost like reinvent yourself, but not like you have to change who you are, but to really see yourself, to really see and then decide who you want to be and how you want to be in the world so that you can heal some of the stuff or re- reshape or change right your relationship to some things like work so that you can then roll into a digital nomad experience much more grounded and much more self-aware and like really like creating the life you want versus thinking that you're going to trade your office, you know, in Boston for an office in Bali and suddenly everything's going to be great. It'll be great for like a month or two. And then you're going to be burned out still feeling exhausted and being like, how did I end up feeling just as crappy or as tired as I did in my last life?
1: Yeah, because you haven't really made any any changes. You've just changed your environment. Or similarly, people oftentimes think, right, when they go on vacation and then it, even just for like a week or two, if they come back, yeah. oh, they'll be refreshed and everything will all be better. <laughs> but then they just get back thrown into that like dirty tank again, I guess. Basically. Yeah. And it's exactly. like,
0: oh and maybe they're even burned out, right? Because- Because they did vacation the way they do work, which is to jam the itinerary full to try to compensate for the fact that they work really hard and they never have time off. And so it's like, yeah, it was a really amazing experience, but now I'm even more tired.
1: Yeah. And this idea of like actually going inwards when you don't have something that is making you money to be your personality and your identity. I think this is an experience that is so rare. Like not that many people actually have that, right? A lot of us, we literally start from, from pre-K, right? Pre-K going to okay then you're in middle school and you know it just keeps going on and on and for a little bit there sometimes people will be like oh take a gap year right between high school and college mm-hmm. that's something that's commonly talked about to like find yourself and things like that but even though it's still commonly talked about i don't think it's really that commonly actually taken so so many of us have literally been on that hamster wheel forever and like quite frankly don't even know who we are which really i think above all else speaks to this power of the break because it allows you to step into being like you said, back at the beginning, like being more of yourself and actually being who you, who you really are. And so along those lines, I'm really curious, like what were some of the big things that you learned about yourself that you think you probably wouldn't have learned, uh, had you have not taken a break?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, one, I can follow my own path right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely had been someone that had dabbled in that before and done some things, right? Like some things that felt very rebellious against maybe the status quo, but this was taking it to level 10. And so for me to do something that made no sense that at the time, no one that I knew was doing, I mean, again, this was like 2013. I didn't know any, I mean, there were people doing it, but it was like even less than there are now. It was like, I did it and I didn't I didn't even fall on my face. I mean, even if I had falled, fell on my face at the end of it, it would have been worth it because I would have just picked myself back up and like figured something out. But I landed five job offers in five weeks and one of them was a dream job and not just any dream job. This dream job was a job that when I started my work at um, General Mills, so this was right after MBA, like my, my first and only job post MBA before I took my break. I remember asking my manager a few months in, there's this natural and organic food expo that happens. It's the biggest thing ever in the US. And like, I want to go because I'm a whole food shopper and like, these are the products I love and I'm passionate about. And I was working for a food company. So I was like, I want to go, like, is there any way I could go to this expo? Like, does that ever happen? And I love my manager. She's actually like still one of my best friends. I just love her so much. But she was like, she like laughed at me. She's like, I've been trying to go to that for years. It ain't happening. Like, that's not a thing. We're not going there, right? Because like natural and organic was not trendy the way that it is now it wasn't trendy back then so it wasn't mainstream so that didn't happen that company that ran that expo was who I ended up going to work for when my break ended and they had hadn't they weren't big enough to have a me like a market researcher doing what I did when I left general mills and started my break but they kept growing and because that stuff was going mainstream they grew bigger they made some investments and they were suddenly hiring someone at my level and I just so happened to come off my break at the time when they had just posted that, I think like two weeks before, I apply for the job, I do this amazing cover letter about my break. And my manager that ended up hiring me later said at the end, he was like, when I saw your um your cover letter come through, I like printed it off. And I ran to the woman next door who was like his peer and he was like, I think we found our person. And he was like, you know, they brought me in for interviews and stuff. But he was like, I kind of knew right then, I think we found a person. I mean, that was so incredible. Right. And it's like, when I follow my intuition and when I do these crazy off like air quotes, off the wall, things that are true to me and what I need the world around me conspires in a way that is so much bigger and so much better than my small mind that can only reference things that have happened in the past for myself or others, like so much bigger than that version of me could ever imagine. And so For me, it was like, girl, you don't have to have all the answers because some of the answers are too freaking fantastic for your brain to comprehend right now. So just focus on your next right step, be truthful, stay in alignment, be brave and just keep going and, you know, follow that forward. Now we're in 2023 and I'm writing a book and I got my book deal emailed to me as an offer from the publisher. Like I didn't go pitching a book. And so it's like, again, I'm doing this thing with my business and I'm trying to make it work, you know, the ways I know how to work. And it's like this other opportunity comes that is bigger and better than my brain could have imagined it would ever be. Cause everybody loves to say a, how hard it is to get a book deal. And then, you know, like as a first time author, that wasn't aspiring to be, but I mean, the the stats on that were very poor, <laughs> they were yeah. very low, um, but it happened. So it doesn't matter what the stats are, right. It matters that I follow my intuition. that I align with my values and I'm willing to be brave. And so I think, Overall, that's like the biggest lesson from my break is it can actually turn out even better than you can imagine. Your job is to stay true to yourself and to keep going, to just keep getting back up when you fall down and to keep like honoring what is true for you. I mean, beyond that, you know, it's just a bunch of really awesome things like who I am, like I feel more youthful. I'm, I'm, I think I look more youthful when I'm traveling and when I'm on a break because I'm just living my best life. Um, I still love food. I can talk to anyone about almost any place, you know, that they've been like, if people say they're from somewhere or they've gone somewhere, I'll ask them where, and then I can be like, Oh yeah, I was there. Did you try the such and such there? Or like, I went to this temple and did it, you know, like, I just have so many stories to help me relate to other people. It's just incredible.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And I love that you highlighted that it helped you to lean into your intuition and like just trust in yourself because it's so true when we actually step into being who it is that we're meant to be doors open that we didn't even know were a possibility. And so your story is just like an insane example of just how, you know, many possibilities can pop up like this job that you really wanted that wasn't even in existence before. And then now your book deal, which I want to talk about your book because it's so exciting. Katrina is writing a book for the four dummies series which I think is like a goal of so many people in the (laughs) world like authors multiple time authors and it kind of just like fell in your lap a little bit right they reached out and so I'd love if you could share a little bit about that and like how that's been going I think I saw in your stories you're like
0: 50% through the book now yeah I just crossed 50% yesterday so (laughs) congratulations yeah it's a big moment um Gosh, so many things I could say, but I think what's important to know is number one, like you said, you know, it was, it was unexpected and I would say it fell in my lap from the aspect of, I had not been gunning for this or pitching for this. But then, you know, on the other hand, I've been working really hard for six years in this space of career breaks and sabbaticals with like some success, right. But like never really breaking through to the other side. And so it's like, I'm doing all this work. And on the surface, my brain tells me my very corporate achieving type A, A plus student brain is like, you're failing because you haven't hit your magical six figures yet. And yes, you're making money and yes, you're helping people, but you still suck because you haven't hit this like arbitrary goal. And so I'm like toiling. And if you ask me at that time, Katrina, are you succeeding in your business? I'm like, no, I'm failing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still helping people and doing a great job, but my brain is like, you're failing. And then it's like, oh my gosh, then this book deal happens. And so again, it's like, not what I expected, but better than I expected. And it fell into my lap from based on those six years of hard work. But like I didn't have to directly, right, create this result. I like just showed up for what was true for me, which is helping other humans take breaks for six years. And then all of a sudden I have all this knowledge. I've been sharing this knowledge online and they found me. So essentially, you know, what had happened was I posted a blog post from my website on Medium. It was an old blog post, but it was like three life-changing lessons I learned from my career break. And the acquisitions editor that reached out to me had started, you know, like they track relevant and growing topics that are of interest to try to like write new books um, because they launch a lot of For Dummies books every year. So career breaks, sabbaticals, time off, you know, she saw the potential in this, but she didn't know a lot about it. So she went looking online, like, you know, who, who might we have write this book if we decide to write this book. And she found this article on Medium and read it, liked it. Then I had been featured in Forbes a few years before. Uh, Part of my story had been featured in a Forbes article. So she found that, which was a credibility booster, right? Okay, this woman has been featured in Forbes. She knows what she's talking about. Then I think she found my website, saw some of my old blog posts on my website, and decided to reach out. And so I thought it was spam. It was like this little email that was just like taking a career break for dummies. And it was like, do you wanna write this book? And I'm like, who is this person? I don't know who this is. I don't know what this is. I didn't even know the name of the publisher that put those books out. And um, I had to Google, I almost deleted it, but then I was like, I'm gonna Google her. I'm gonna Google this company. And then I was like, oh my God, I think this is legit. So then I wrote her back and I was like, okay, I have questions. She's like, yeah, 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 that's great. Let's do a call. So we did a call and I came with a bunch of questions and she just was so kind, and she answered all of my questions, and you know, was like, "If you want to write this book, you're the only person I've reached out to, the only author I reached out to. I would, I think, you're the one to write this book." Um, so if if you decide like you want to do it, it's yours. The only thing is, we have to do a table of contents or an outline because she wasn't sure that it was robust enough of a topic to have you know, the for dummies sort of reference book type of volume. And I was like, Oh yeah, that definitely, it could definitely be a reference book. I got a lot of knowledge. So I wrote the table of contents and then I got a book deal. Um, and then we signed the contract and then I've been writing it and I just, it's been such a journey. And I just want to share this one thought, which is actually going to relate to, um, my one piece of advice. If you ask me that question, Mm -hmm. but I practiced one belief through this whole book writing process. And now I'm halfway through. And that one belief is this book was divinely meant for me to write. I don't know what the outcome is. No one could buy it. One person might read it. They might have their lives changed, but it might just be one person. I have no idea. I have no attachment to the outcome. But this whole process has been a huge up level for me and like also a lot of discomfort. I almost quit after I wrote, my sample chapter, like the process of writing that was so hard and I'm not an author and I've never written a reference book before. It was so hard. It was so hard. And I remember crying through parts of it and being like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But what I really believed in the thought that I'm choosing to believe in practice is this book was divinely meant for me. So it doesn't matter what I think I'm capable of today. Whatever I can do has to be enough because this book was given to me the way that it came to me, Right the opportunity that it represented, the timing of when it came to me, it came to me at a point when I was questioning, like, do I continue my business? Because it just feels like a slog. And like I'm not signing up for a slog for you know more than six years. Um, do I want to reinvent myself? Do I want to do something different? I don't know. And it was just divine timing, divine opportunity. And so every moment that my brain tells me, you might not be saying that right. This chapter sounds boring. This might not be enough. Like, who are you to write this? You don't know what you're going to say. I keep going. It doesn't matter because this book was divinely meant for me. So like, I'm the one to show up and write this book and trust that whatever I do is going to be good enough as long as I do my best and I show up. And so it's been such a huge journey. But I think, you know, it's a mirror of that experience with my break. That break felt like divinely meant right we talk about that crazy timing with my brother passing away and then coming back and finding the stream job that was just posted like two or three weeks before it's like when something big comes to me that feels hard i'm just like okay i really want this divinely meant for me and i just trust that it will work out even if i'm not the one pulling all the strings
1: Oh my gosh. Well, hey, that just speaks so well to the whole theme of this podcast of like being anxious and ambitious. You have these big dreams, these big things coming your way. And you could have just been like, ah, I'm too scared. No, I'm not gonna do it. And not taking any of these opportunities that you've had from the career break to, you know, your dream job. You could have not even applied to that job, maybe not think that you were suited for it after having oh my gosh, taken a break. I was
0: under yeah, I was underqualified. It said five <laughs> years of experience or more. I had three, and I was like, but I want it. So I'm just going to, what the hell, what do I have to lose?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. That self-belief is so key. And so I want you to share this one piece of advice for that you would share with anxious and ambitious people in general. Yeah. Do
0: the work, choose a belief that is more supportive of whatever it is that you're going for. Because if you can Find that belief, even when you sometimes don't believe it, or even when you struggle, like your brain still wants to offer, like scream at you that you're wrong or you're stupid or you're not enough, or all those things. Having this supportive belief can can generate more supportive thoughts, which create less friction and resistance, right? Right? Which can reduce your anxiety. It won't erase it. I mean, I am terrified a lot of the time when I'm writing this book. I was terrified a lot of the time when I was like planning for and taking my break. That's just part of the deal, scared sided, right? But It created less resistance and less friction and it makes it more manageable. And so, you know, I shared the thought I had about my book. Also, you know, when I sort of re, you know, I took a break, I came back, I paid off all my debt by getting this dream job, worked my dream job, paid off my MBA loans. I think it was like 42K in less than two years, cross that off the box, cross that box off. Then I got certified as a life coach and I started building my business and I had to take a hiatus because I burned myself out the first time trying to run it like a corporate person runs a corporate life, you know, like all the things and all the burnout and all the strategies and all of the like, you know, anxious over like perfectionism, like all that stuff coming to the surface. Right. I'm like, okay, this is, I need to take a break. I took a hiatus. I came back. When I came back, I really stressed out every time I saw a client on my calendar because I would have these thoughts like, oh God, am I going to be able to help them? Are they going to get their money's worth? Are they going to be mad at me? Am I going to be able to create a transformation for them? Like, I don't know if I'm a good coach. And here's the truth. Like I was creating a lot of great results. I have, my clients generally love me. Like I have a really positive experience, but my brain every single time would tell me that was just a fluke. That was just luck. So like now we're going to see what really happens. Right. And every time something good happens, my brain's like, well, we can't count on that because it was just luck. Right. You didn't like we don't have like you're not necessarily always good you're just lucky sometimes you're good mm-hmm. my friend who is a coach told me what if you practice the thought that you're a fantastic one-on-one coach and that felt very foreign but i was like okay fine i'll try it so for three months i would just collect evidence i would write down little like phrases and stuff that felt like evidence that i was a good great one-on-one coach somebody saying thank you somebody having a result someone like a great session right like all the things mm-hmm. and i remember three months after that experience of practicing that thought as much as I could, even when it didn't always feel true. I had this thought without even trying. I got off a call with someone and I thought, God, I'm a freaking fantastic one-on-one coach. And I was like, it worked. And you know what? I was so happy. Every time I saw clients on my schedule, I was like, cool, let's do it. I didn't have the mind drama. I didn't have the spiral of like, well, am I going to be lucky today? Are they going to get what they need? Are they going to hate me? Are they going to love it? Is it going to be good? Am I going to help them? It was just like, cool, let's do a thing. I'm a great one-on-one coach. I can help you. And that made my life so much easier, right? So I think the anxiety was still, it can still, it can still show up for sure, but it's so heavily reduced and the friction and the resistance was so heavily reduced by choosing and practicing consciously a better thought that supports the experience and the result that I wanted to create, which is the same for the book. Hmm. Yes. Oh my
1: gosh. I love that so much. And this just goes to show how powerful our thoughts really are. Like, you know, we're given this huge, this big machine of a brain and none of us are really taught how to use it, but that is so powerful. Even just that idea of repeating to yourself to get into that belief. Or even as we talked about before, like if you're listening and you're maybe thinking about taking a break, like how can you get into the belief that this break is going to be the most powerful thing for you, not going to hold you back or destroy you because just that little belief can actually really change the trajectory of your break and and your life as you've explained.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, our minds are incredible, like, but we have to consciously use them for good because if left unattended, they sometimes will take us down the road to ruin. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, you are incredible,
1: Katrina. Thank you so much for sharing all of this insights with us today. And so I'm curious,
0: when is your book planning to release? Do you have a date yet? Yes. I'm so excited. So there's like even a page on like Barnes and Noble and Amazon. There's like the pre-order page, but it's releasing November 15th is when it's scheduled. So November 15th of 2023. Oh, that is so exciting.
1: So fall 2023, we'll have to bring you back around. We can, you know, talk more about your book. Yeah. But in the meantime, I know you share a ton of other great stuff about career breaks and just helping people to break through and live their dream life. So where can our listeners connect with you, Katrina?
0: Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is grabbing this really amazing resource I created, which is really fun. It's called 45 Epic Things to Do on a Break. So if you're like, but what would I do with this time? Or like, what do other people do on a break? I've asked my other clients, past clients, you know, what are some of the most epic things you've done? They fostered a kid. There's someone that started an animal sanctuary. I mean, the amount of travel stuff. Somebody was living in Argentina in an Airbnb when Buenos Aires won the World Cup. I mean, it's just like all of this really awesome stuff that can get you inspired and help paint a better picture of how you could spend this time and how amazing it could be. So if you download that freebie, you will, you will get that list and then you'll also be connected to me. So when the book comes out, You'll be the first to know. You'll be in touch with me and you'll learn more about what I do and get a bunch of like random and amazing resources and tips for taking a break or planning, you know, planning some time off.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. So go click through, grab that link, connect with Katrina. I know you're not going to want to miss out on that. And I hope that this episode has inspired you to, you know, take a break if that's something that's been on your heart and, or just take a leap to do whatever is, you know, you're dreaming of despite this anxiety or fears that may be coming up, reframing it of what was that term that you shared, uh, Katrina? Scared Scared (laughs) sighted?
0: Yeah, scared sighted.
1: Yes. So good. So even if you're scared, sighted, you can still go after these things and just live your dream life. So thanks again, Katrina. This has been
0: amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole.
1: Yeah. And thank you all for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the anxious and ambitious podcast.